she goes. All right. Welcome to Verbal Tap, the show that proves fighting is easier from outside the cage. With me, of course, the man whose stature rises above even the tallest of roller coaster height checks, Rafa Sparza. Raf, how are you doing tonight? I'm so drunk. How are you celebrating Cinco de Mayo? I'm just, I'm so drunk. <laughs> just so drunk. I'm drinking I'm a Corona kidding. Extra. I've, that's, okay, that's fairly not even anything. Uh, no, I'm actually not drunk at all. This is, I, I stayed sober for the podcast. You stayed sober for the podcast. That's, uh, well, first of all, thank you for the dedication. You're welcome. Really appreciated. Second of all, how d- dare you? This is, isn't this like your Mexican Christmas? This isn't Mexican Christmas, my, although my girlfriend at one point today, while in the Chipotle line, mind you. <laughs> I had Chipotle, too. That's oh great. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, no, my girlfriend at one point looks at me, and I just randomly said I wanted to go see Iron Man. So on a whim, we went, we did it. Oh, and nice. Yeah, it was fun. And she looks at me in the line, and it was just because I had asked for Iron Man, and she sees me really excited to have some food. She just goes, I feel like this is your birthday. Like, I feel like Cinco de Mayo is your birthday, and you just get what you want. And I go, ah, uh, yes? <laughs> yeah, that, good job, Rap. That's, yes is the only appropriate answer to that question. I really didn't have anything uh, ready in the barrel on that one. I was just like, yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, let's go with it. <laughs> That's pretty good. We have a lot of things to talk about. Mm-hmm. First of all, the website's going spectacularly. That's true, thanks to people like you. And, not and people like people. Oh, just people. Oh, oh, I was about to compliment you back, but fuck no, yourself. It has nothing to do with you, Kevin. <laughs> what about that Ryan Gosling ad I threw up there, Raph? The journalistic so gold required to. We're just so giddy to look at Ryan Gosling, <laughs> just for any exorbitant amount of time, and you wanted to have a rationale behind it. Even your own headline, like. Does MMA question mark? Who cares? (laughs) Do you like the the fact that it's branded an MMA video and he really is just sitting there listening to someone talk except for the 10 seconds he's throwing a left jab? Yes. And when you say 10 seconds, it's not even that long. It's two seconds. I'm sure you just replayed it that many times. Uh, No, it's just Ryan Gosling stares at the camera like Jim Halpert from The Office every two seconds and you feel he's just short of being like hey girl what are you doing there you want to go home with me tonight I respect your autonomy to have opinions girl that's just not how I felt about that video at all well because we're masturbating to to it but that's weird (laughs) well next topic (laughs) so (laughs) in addition to verbal tap cast you can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Twitter, at Verbal Tapcast. It's time to start reviewing that stuff, listening to us, and following along the fun articles and crazy memes that Raph and I are generating all over at VerbalTapcast.com. It's true. We're putting a lot of original content up there, and a lot of what drives it is what we see people like. So if you like something, we tend to do more of those. So expect to see more ridiculous memes respect uh expect to see you know ridiculous articles about things that we thought were funny one thing that we saw was a guy proposed to uh his fiance via 
triangle choke. That was crazy. That is crazy. Is that the choke you would choose if you were – hold on. Let me paint the picture. Go for it. You're like, it's finally time to propose to my loving, devoted girlfriend. Mm-hmm. I have to think of the different like, you know, ring size, princess cut. That's diamond speak for those in the world that are listening and don't have to worry about this problem. <laughs> and then uh, last on your list is, okay, now I need to decide on the right choke to use to propose to her, Raph, talk me through your decision process here. What's your perfect choke marriage proposal going to look like? Actually, I was saying there, there was two sides of this. Uh, okay. The one you don't want to go with is a Kimura. Obviously. Because I feel that's just mean that they don't get to see anything, you know? <laughs> uh, but I thought the one that really spoke to me was, and this is our favorite choke, an arm triangle, because then you can just slip it on the ring finger and just go, boom, you're engaged. <laughs> and you're nice and close. Yeah. You're face-to-face with the arm. Well, you're probably, you could be face-to-face with the arm triangle. That's true. And the yeah. silliest part about that whole thing was the dude was, like, scrambling to get the ring. Like, he, I guess, didn't think of the, for the part where she would be fighting back. Yeah. And he has uh, the best buddy in the world who hands him the ring. Uh, <laughs> she manages to set herself up kind of in position. Like, he, he, he kind of locks it in. And one viewer put it uh, the same way I thought was. It's the perfect move because if she said no, then lights out. <laughs> <laughs> if she says no, you finish that joke. And that was the other thing. I didn't know if it's polite. Like, you know how you're supposed to get muscle memory by always finishing the choke? And yeah. if he doesn't finish the choke, I felt like somebody was going to come over. Like, I almost thought she was going to yell at him after and be like, you didn't sink it in. But, yeah, I accept your marriage proposal, whatever. Despite your shitty technique. Right. But, honestly, I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. I was so glad uh, we were able to share that with people. So, congratulations to the newly engaged couple. You I know think one- I would choose Ezekiel. You would choose an Ezekiel? Yeah, just because, again, I want to be able to look you in the eye. I'm, I mean, under the premise that that's how I'm choosing to propose to someone. That's probably... I don't... I, don't, I You know, that's tough. I don't really... Top five it. worst. Kumora, a bow and arrow is not going to yeah. work. Yeah. The, the guillotine is of no help to you in this situation. Although, the guillotine is one of those ones, again, where you just kind of go... Uh, you could slip it on the finger... <laughs> Wow! Trust me, dude. If that dude was really his friend was on the side and it like helped him out and just snuck it on, that would have worked. Yeah, I guess that's. uh, I'm also thinking like the anaconda's not gonna work. Bravo! No, you you're limited in chokes that you can use and propose to someone still. I mean, I really feel this guy sat and thought about it for a while and. I wonder if he, he bounced it off his, his training team. <laughs> that would be the best. Uh, my training team would never get through that conversation. They would just be mocking me too hard the entire time for us to come up with a reasonable position. And like I said, uh, you know, on my side, it would just be like, well, I'm not going to get this move. So let's be reasonable. Uh, I'm not going to get a triangle choke because that's a lot of work. Yeah. Can I just can I just before we bump fists I just go here you go. Oh by the way, let's bump <laughs> ring fingers. Let's bump ring fingers. Bay, you look like you're missing something on that uh, ring <laughs> finger. 
Is it this? Speaking of bumping ring fingers, Tito Ortiz says he could have beaten no, John Jones no. in his this prime. Are you? Transition. That was the That's best segue ever. Speaking of bumping ring fingers. No, this is this is the worst transition you've the ever had. The pros say that to themselves all the time. They say that to each other. You're not a pro. Well, that's just me. You're just Intentionally, to yes. Me. I guess it's Cinco de Mayo, so Did I have to be nice to you today. Cinco de Mayo birthday. <laughs> Tito Ortiz says he can beat John Jones in his prime. What do you think of that, Raph? Do you think he could have? No, but it's fun to think that way, isn't it? <laughs> just yeah, that's fair. No, I, you know what? First of all, I agree with you. And second of all, shockingly, I agree with you. No, I don't think he could have beaten him, but it is kind of fun to think about. I would really pay good money to see Ortiz or Chuck Liddell in their prime fight this John Jones because I still call – can we just get John Jones and Anderson Silva in the cage together? How hard is that? I think that's the only thing that people are excited about now. But now Anderson Silva is, uh, according to the sources out there on the internet – uh, weighing, which by the way, Dynamite Dana White said that he got a phone call from Anderson Silva saying who he wants to fight next <laughs> at UFC 159 in the presser. Dana's just like, yeah, I got a fucking call from fucking Anderson who said he, he wants to fucking fight next. And it made <laughs> me think that there's a red phone that's just like Batman. That's the Anderson Silva phone that Dana White's like, is that fucking him? <laughs> Bring the red phone in here. Coming soon, the John Jones red phone. Oh, I hope so. It, I mean, I, I think that Anderson Silva at this point is weighing GSP, uh, I, I guess probably because he figures he can beat him. But, God, does John Jones look like an argument that would just put an interesting challenge for the first time in questionably a long time for Anderson Silva. I don't uh, – I don't know how we don't get that fight. I mean, from the MMA world, it's this is a defining characteristic where you finally, and I'll use the NBA playoffs because they're both going on and a good metaphor here. You want to see Kevin Durant versus LeBron James because you want to see the two best in the game. Arguably, they're going to be two of those high high players in the annals of rankings. We've never seen two fighters this dominant. GSP has staggered. And he does not finish people. He just doesn't do that anymore. Anderson Silva and John Jones are still the same fighters now that they were when they started knocking people unconscious. Yeah. We've uh, got to get them in the I cage mean, together. There's just no argument. Make... Who is going to stop John Jones right now? No clue. Uh, I mean, Vitor almost did. I don't know about almost. I mean, that was – he messed That's up his arm. That's the closest we've seen. I, I'll say this. Uh, I think that Anderson has also taken some heat from not finishing people, but I, I, again, think that's out of respect. I think him and his weird Jedi Matrix world that he lives in can end a fight when he wants to. But it's hard to argue that John Jones wouldn't have a staggering amount of weapons and artillery to be the one to bring him down. Yeah, I feel like he would. Um, and I mean, just right I'm, now, it's hard to dispute that the it seems to be going more John Jones's favor. Regardless, I do feel like 
you're I mean you're right. It's just I I get hopped up when I start thinking about the fact that we can't get these guys in a cage together. Tito Ortiz, while a gifted fighter, did not see fighters quite at the caliber John Jones has been fighting, and I just I think Tito still won because he was a brawler in a lot of ways that just wouldn't correlate to now. Like it's like John's a much more technical fighter than you were. But it, Tito, let's think about that. Yeah, and, and you you are leading to a good area. Not only is it impossible to have space and time realign uh, <laughs> to make those two fight each other, uh, or else you know Tito Ortiz is maybe claiming that he could beat John Jones when he was twelve. Uh, I don't. I, I don't really understand it. But okay, let's assume we got I, I, all things. I'm together. sure Tito did not think that through far enough that you might have just given him credit for. There's no prove chance. it. Prove <laughs> he would have never thought that through. Go uh, ahead. I just like the idea that if all things considered, you're looking at a fight style with Tito Ortiz that has now become a little bit outdated. Like ground and pound is part of the game, but that was really his game. That was really. Yeah the bulk of what he fought with and for its time it worked very well whereas john jones has he submitted leota machida while standing with a standing guillotine which was insane uh vicious elbows i mean you're talking about tito ortiz in a perfect storm being able to push up john jones against a cage and that's in itself saying a lot of things would happen i agree I, I think it's uh, a bold claim, first of all. I mean, and what does Tito Ortiz have to lose? Who cares, right? <laughs> I think he's just trying to possibly get enough attention that he might be able to drum up a I'm coming back from retirement fight because it turns out I'm not great at these other things. Or he just saw what Chael Sonnen did and was like, oh, shit, I can get paid for this? Yes, please. I will yeah, take I could do that. And, I, you know, if I've learned one thing from Tito Ortiz right now, it would be, uh, yeah. Me too. I could beat John Jones. Not really at all. But, like, yeah, you could say whatever you want, right? Topic of next. Well, that's a terrible way of saying next topic. You are batting a thousand on transitions tonight, sir. Yeah, I'm killing it. I have some follow-up from our last show, if you don't mind indulging me, Raph. Can no, we, please uh, do. Cool. My buddy, Raph, uh, my buddy Rob was listening to our last show on the car, and we asked what the big moment of UFC 159 was, and... After our podcast, the list of who made what came out. Here's the text message I got from my buddy. Bisping getting paid 425k to Jones 400k. WTF moment of UFC. WTF. That's the end of the text. First of all, two WTFs from Rob, who is a grown man, needs to be mocked. He needs to use a fewer abbreviations. First of all, I think Rob's going to beat the crap out of you, so I'm... Very, very happy to know how this ends, but go on. He might. He is a brown belt, so this correct. Yeah, this I would assume he would just walk right through you, but that's fine. Yeah, obviously. Despite his overuse of an eighth-grade girl's colloquialism, he is right. What the fuck, Raph? How is that possible? How is it possible Bisping makes more than Jones? Um. I, okay, I'm I'm racking my brain right now. You're the TV um, expert here on this show. Okay. Okay. Um. Let's assume Michael Bisping has been on TV longer than John Jones. Okay. That's a good start, right? Yeah. Okay. L let's say he's got a better agent. 
who's been working more. I, you know, this is really hard. I have no idea why. It, it's it's like, it, how good an agent oh. must he have <laughs> to get him? But, I, uh, go ahead. If I were John Jones, I would not be pleased reading this. Now, I, I don't know what his other endorsement situation looks like. I know he's obviously wearing those very prevalent Nike shorts. Yes, so he's he's very well taken care of financially. Yeah, I've heard Nike is uh, doing pretty well in the fight world. Um, and sports in general, they're, they're going to be here to stay for a while. I don't understand this. I've never understand, understood why Bisping kind of gets the draw he does, but how John Jones is not the highest paid fighter in the game to me. Just in that card. He's Especially in that card. Because that card. take John Jones off that card and no one is watching. No one even knows Bisping is fighting. That's that's just such an interesting thing. I I do feel that Bisping himself though uh, would argue that it's completely justified. Really? Um, if what would he say if I gave Michael Bisping the chance? Oh, that's so weird. I just I, I don't know. I can come off with something you know off the top of my head. It, it I guess if I were you know pushed <laughs> up against a cage and just to, to think. If someone okay, forced you to say to raffle. Uh, I guess it would probably just sound something like this. I don't know off the top of my head. Uh, yeah, yeah. I went over there and just, uh, yeah, I finished the fight. You know, I didn't finish the fight. You know, my finger finished the fight. And, uh, yeah, so, yeah, you know, I worked out how far. And uh, I think uh, I proved that night that I was uh, the main, main reason people tuned in. Yeah? <laughs> that, my that finger finished the fight. Yeah, that's probably what he would say. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I much credit Alan Bisping, you know, for showing up, you know, <laughs> getting poked in the eye. But, you know, really, really, when, when you finish fights, like I do, then uh, that's what happens. That's why you get all fun. <laughs> um, I still think they should now get to fight. Like, he should get to fight. Like, can we just get the Bisping John Jones fight over with? Do we want to see it? Do you, I guess just to see him get knocked out again. That'd be fun. No, I just want to see John Jones beat someone up that's getting paid more than he is. Oh, that'd be fun. Right? Uh, yeah, sure, of course. But, you know, then you're going to have Bisping come on the other side of this uh, arrangement and go, <laughs> yeah, I I'll fight for the title now. So, I mean, I think <laughs> I should, uh, So, don't you? I think I should, you know, I'm if, just saying, I finished fights, you know? If his finger is ready for another round, he could easily <laughs> do that. I call it the brain tickler. The brain tickler is so funny. Did uh, you happen to see that New York is trying to reject MMA for moral reasons, the article I sent you? Uh, yeah, no, I didn't read it. That's fine. Let me summarize. Please. There are those in New York that are still opposing mixed martial arts because they feel that it is a question of moral integrity. That oh, mixed martial arts... Well, I mean, no, they're Catholic, but... Potato, repressivo. Can we always just mock the Amish? Because how are they ever going to respond to any of our accusations yeah, here? They don't believe in podcasting, so I think we're safe. Or electricity in general, so great. <laughs> I really like the idea of that, yeah. They should do an Amish podcast. I'd listen to that. <laughs> they do. It's called a campfire. <laughs> the Amish podcast, it's called a campfire. 
<laughs> oh, God. Good stuff. That's why we get paid the big bucks. I have this to say to mixed martial arts' defense. Okay. In a state that is so quite dramatically emphatic of different sports like football, basketball, baseball, other physical signs of the unification for what it means to do something disciplined and camaraderie team-based they could not be more wrong and if they continue this attack on mixed martial arts from a moral ground i think they're going to find themselves genuinely in a fight they can't win okay, mixed martial arts teaches it teaches dedication it teaches discipline mm-hmm. that's typically true. qualities that are important in maintaining the type of civil society we're looking for not detracting from it so they can go f themselves with the People that do MMA are too hopped up on violence. Heaven with the editorial of the podcast. Yeah, I've also been watching that. some Sorkin, so I'm feeling a little. Well, you're not you're not there. Let's not go that. But let me let me read some of this because I wasn't paying attention to you at all. Uh, I was reading the article where it says, "I think the injuries are horrific. It looks like a cartoon on TV. This is not a cartoon. It's a moment of glory. It is the destruction of another human being's dignity." Shocking. What? (laughs) What? (laughs) Oh, no. I guess we shouldn't watch people lose their dignity playing football. (laughs) Oh, no. The NBA Finals of Losing Dignity is on, everybody. (laughs) God, shut up. Yeah. So, Raph and I are fired up. Um, But this is a great time for us to take a quick 20 seconds and bring on our guest, Adam Sella. We will be back in one minute with Adam Sella. And see who loses their dignity. (laughs) Verbal Tap listeners, a big moment for us. We have, from The Ultimate Fighter, very clearly Raph and I's favorite television show, Adam Sella on the line. Adam, how you doing tonight? Good, guys. How you doing? Well, very it's well. Cinco de Mayo, so Raph is obviously in heaven. But. <laughs> well, then oh, you're muy, muy bueno. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, For the first time, I've ever understood you. Thank you. There you go. There you go. I sat like Spanish one a couple of times in high school, so I, I, <laughs> I know my way around that, that tree. So, Adam, you know, talk to us a little bit about your experience on The Ultimate Fighter. Uh, you, you know, tell us your general impressions, how it all came together, uh, things that you loved and took away from it. Uh, really, you know, starting from the beginning, um, it wasn't something I had planned to do. Uh, you know, I, I had a guy my, that I trained with that, you know, he fights at 185 as well, and he, you know, he called me and was like, hey, we should really try out for the show. And, well, he's Brazilian, so I didn't really understand him too, too well. <laughs> but uh, but he kind of stuttered a little bit, and you can't really understand him. But uh, no, we were we were talking. And I was like, you know, I should try it. And then my girlfriend really convinced me to uh, to actually do it. So you know, I think like that that night I might have booked a flight or whatever and printed out the application this and that. But you know, fast forward a little bit, they called my name for the finals at the trials, and I was, was kind of like, whoa, like what? Why did I get picked? This and that. Um, but now, that's interesting to me. You didn't go in with, like, a, a big premeditated track to try and be on The Ultimate Fighter. It happened, it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, no, it was, 
it really was all quickly. literally like spur of the moment thing. Um, you know, and then kind of getting to know some of the guys I was in there with. They, you know, Josh. I think Josh tried out like five or six times. Zach had tried out like four times, something like that. Um, you know, and, and then I just kind of walked right up and just high fived everyone and went right on. I'm sure they love that. Me. That's always great. Well, I, I think also they like me because I just didn't really care, you know. Um, and and I get some slack for it, but I'm the guy who who really didn't need to do it. I just kind of wanted to, so I, I was like, okay, well, we'll see what happens. But uh, but now I got picked. I got on the show, and and the fight to get in the house, I got picked with the biggest dude <laughs> that was there. I mean, uh, I fought that Jake Hewn and. I sat next to him at the tryouts. This dude was about 250 pounds of just man meat. So, uh, you know, I was kind of, it was kind of weird seeing him cut down to 185, but then getting paired up with him was a little intimidating. But, oh, well, I, I think I did okay. So, But overall, you know, the experience was pretty, was pretty cool, and uh, I, think, I think it's kind of a, a little life-changing, you know, doing some cool things now. Obviously, I went to Sweden, which I never really planned on doing. Can you talk to us a little bit about Sweden? Uh, like, what was it like over there, first of all? Because that event, I heard, went down crazily. Uh, over there over there was pretty cool. Um, you know, uh, I had, coming off the show, like, obviously, you're, you're kind of being watched. You have a little handler 24-7. But when, when you get over there, the show itself is cool because it's so professional and everything is, like, so, like, we're picking you up at 6.30, 6.30, they're there. You know what I mean? Like, it's mm. just crazy like that. But uh, as soon as I got there, you know, we had to go in, check in, and then uh, Gustafson walked in, and we had heard he got cut. And uh, we were we kind of looked at his face, my coach and I, and we were like, uh, we didn't see anything. We were like, well, this is kind of weird. And, uh, you know, come to find out, we, we saw pictures of it, this and that, and I didn't think it was that bad, but the, the doctors over there went ahead and, you know, said, hey, you can't fight this and that, so whatever, but, you know, they found a uh, good replacement in that Latifi character. I didn't know anything about him, but um, I was like, whatever. But the uh, no, the show was cool. We had, twenty, I think, 20,000 people in this big-ass arena that were all booing me. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, to be fair, you did walk out to Hulk Hogan's Real American. Yes, I did, and <laughs> that's, that's, I like to have fun, and, you know, like, before, oh, I'm going back probably seven years now. Before I had any fights, I had planned to come out to that song once, <laughs> and, I, and I never did. And then I, I really couldn't think of a better, uh, a better suited moment to come out to that. You certainly gained hope. fans over here at Verbal Tap the moment we yeah. heard the whole <laughs> song. I could not tell you how proud of you I was when I heard <laughs> that echoing through. And the only thing I was a little nervous about, not going to lie, was there was no ear call and response. And more importantly, I was like, the only way he can win this is via leg drop. And if he doesn't do this, I don't know what's going to happen. See, I was expecting that more on the beginning end. I thought he was going to rip his shirt off as he climbed into the well, cage. I was going to rip the shirt off, but um, I'm actually not strong enough to rip it off. And I forgot <laughs> to pre-cut it. So I, was, I didn't want to embarrass myself and just like try real hard and not do it. So Can I, I just say you would have made YouTube sensation, though, had you gone for it. Just uh, foolproof. Yeah. And can I let you in on a secret? Hogan pre-cuts those shirts. You know that, right? Oh, well, that's what I didn't do. I tried ripping one off before, and it was, <laughs> it was, it was pathetic, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> that, would have, that would have punched up that Sweden card. 
Um, going back to tough, what's your what are some of your most memorable moments? Give us your top two or three highlights. Um, really, the most I'd say the most memorable was uh, something that they never showed. Um, it was a uh, it was a uh, kind of like a web extra that they they never put out there, but. They gave me a little GoPro camera to walk around and do like my own show because I think I got a lot of FaceTime. But you they did. didn't really show like like you guys kinda had said earlier, they didn't really show like all the nonsense that that I did. But uh they gave me this GoPro camera and uh I walked around, kinda did like a cribs episode of the house with Bubba and got down to the kitchen and um obviously everybody knows Uriah tried to kick my head off and uh so I saw him sitting there. He was making a uh, he was making a truck out of a milk carton, and I didn't. <laughs> See, you guys are laughing, but we were kind of like, "What are you doing?" And he, and I guess he was poor when he was in Jamaica, whatever it was, and uh, that's what he used to do was make toys, whatever. So I was like, "Hey, you know, I had this camera. I was like, you know, let's see what your eye is doing over here." And uh, he's like, "He's a dick, anyways." He's like, "Making a truck." <laughs> I was like. Uh, and everybody got quiet. They're like, uh, really? Because so far everybody had been real fun and outgoing. And uh, I was like, huh, well, where where did you learn to do that? And he's like, back home. Real, real mean, just whatever. So I look at the camera, <laughs> and I'm like, for 10 cents a day, you too can help a starving <laughs> child. And Zach Cummings, I think, about did backflips in the kitchen. And... <laughs> And Luke was going crazy, and everyone was laughing hysterically, except for Uriah. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't was, seem like he's got the best sense of humor about these things. No, no. He, he to be honest with you, he's, he's not a, I don't want to say he's like an idiot, but he just, he doesn't, he doesn't think like normal people, and he doesn't get like, like a normal person's sense of humor. But uh, it's funny, because it was after, I, I, I already fought him, it was after Bubba fought him. And uh, I put the camera down. He comes in, and I go back in the kitchen. He's like, did you do that again, trying to be respectful? And I just literally turn around and walk away as he's talking to me. The most disrespectful thing you could probably do at that moment. And I was like, just shut the up, Jesus. I was like, I'm just over it, dude. Like, <laughs> so that was probably one of my most memorable moments. Um, another thing that, that they never showed was uh, – being tough, Josh the man getting scared by a spider, and uh, <laughs> he, it, it, it's one of those things where I need to be in front of you to show you what he did, but he was uh, standing on Jamal's bed in nothing but a pair of underwear because there was a big spider, and it was like, when I say big, it was like, like the size of a quarter, I mean, it wasn't huge, <laughs> but it wasn't little, and uh, he hit it with a shoe and missed, and then he, lit, he screamed like a little girl and jumped off the bed. <laughs> and, and, I mean, you guys know Josh. He's like 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, he's four, a huge person. Josh is enormous. And he's like, oh, my God, oh, my God. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> like, Dylan and I just stopped, and we, 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 we just, like, stared at him for a second. <laughs> and, um, you know, that was that was a few cool things that you guys probably never would ever know about. <laughs> and let me so. tell you, we're better off knowing it now than we were five minutes ago when we didn't know any of this happened. This sounds hilarious. I'm pretty pleased. Yeah, Raph and I keep getting super pissed because we think they cut out 
all the parts of the show we really love. Uh, we had Mike Jasper on last week telling us about like the interviews and the decision-making process that you had to initially go through just to get in the house. And now we keep yeah. hearing all this back, like these behind the scenes, and uh, we need to have a conversation with the production team over at FX. Yeah. Well, they there's a lot of stuff they show, a lot of stuff they don't show, but um, a lot of stuff that you'll never see is because they don't have cameras like in your face 24-7. Basically, like, there's cameras everywhere, but there's not a camera crew. <laughs> Excuse me. So, it, when you start talking about something or something interesting is going down, they, they run up and they get it. A lot of the stuff they missed because something else is going on or, or this or that. Um, you know, so they just, they had cameras, but they weren't necessarily recording all the time. That makes sense. I mean, the thing that was yeah. disappointing for us was, we heard all of these stories about how you were the funniest cast member that we just didn't know. And we see parts of it. Like when you were doing the Uriah kick, I think I, I fell out of my own chair laughing. <laughs> yeah, well, <it's laughs> that's a little bit of it. Some, you know, uh, one thing that I do is like there's stereotypes out there. And, you know, typically, like, and, and this is what every white person says, is, oh, I've got a lot of black friends. And I really do. <laughs> So, and I, w I wouldn't say anything behind their back that I wouldn't say to their face. And uh, Clint and I actually became pretty good friends. And, and everybody who sees Clint is, like, scared of him. He's huge, muscular, and just looks like he's going to kill you. But uh, he's standing next to me, and I'm like, man, Clint, I'm like, I feel bad for you. He's like, why? Uh, and I was like, well, because i got to leave. He's like, you know, what's going on? I was like, I can't stand next to you too long because my credit score goes down and yours goes up. <laughs> and I was like, it's like osmosis or something. And he's like, man, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> but then he said something like, that's just like a 500. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't even know if it goes that low, bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> so. Now, you're touching on something that I, I've heard only rumor of, but I want to see if it's true. Yeah. I've heard rumor that you do impressions of other cast members on the show. <laughs> True or false? Uh, yes, yes and no. I don't do all of them, but uh, you know, when you like when you imitate Clint, basically you just can't open your mouth too much and you yeah. just kind of got to mumble words because that's what he does. And he's just like he's got <laughs> he calls himself Headbuster. <laughs> and <laughs> There's one time we were driving to practice, and uh, there was a, obviously a lot of casinos, and it said, win, like, like a million pennies or something like that. He's like, oh, man, you can win, like, a million pennies. Man, that's, that's like a thousand dollars. I'm like, huh? <laughs> and then Josh, Josh corrects everyone. He's like, yo, headbuster, like, do your math, man. And he's like, <laughs> Click goes, that's headbuster math, homie. <laughs> So, like, he was totally wrong, and we all just started laughing about that. But, you know, the, uh, a couple other guys, like, like King, Kevin Casey, when you see him, every time you see him, he acts all hard. Like, yeah. And, and I'm not intimidated by, by him or anyone, really. But he so does rap. Like, so when you yeah, rap, you have no. to act hard. No one ever likes no, a rapper that just goes halfway. That's not rapping. He talks fast. That's what he does. He just talks fast. That's not, that's not, I've heard the, I haven't seen the video on YouTube, but apparently it's horrible. But uh, yeah. I will say, like, 
he he turned out to be one of the most liked guys in the house, surprisingly. But uh, like every time you see him, he always looks like he's seeing it all hard. Like he's like holding like luggage, you know what I mean? But the luggage isn't there. And I'm like, what are you, what are you <laughs> doing, man? Cause, like his arms are all puffed out. He's a big dude. But uh, you know, I go from like, <laughs> I'm like, what's up, cuz? And he's like, yo, what you mean, cuz we ain't related? I'm like, huh? Like, I was kind of joking. And, and he just, that's how he, he, get, he gets into it. He just talks all monotone, but like very, uh, very direct with his speech and pronounces every syllable. Like, you know, my name is King. It's not the King, it is King. I'm trying to promote a brand here. You know what I'm saying? And, I, and so he, then he goes into some 10 minute spiel of bullshit that I don't really know what he's talking about. And I'm like, all right, good talk, gotta go. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the reason why I ask here is because uh, I don't know if you've listened to the show. You, you should if you haven't. Uh, my job on the show is to replicate voices. And yeah. I've done multiple people on the show. And, and Bubba McDaniel had indicated to us that you <laughs> do a good impression of him. I'm curious, uh, do you do that impression? And if, you, if so, can you share it with us? Yeah, basically with Bubba, you just got to be a dumb redneck. And, like, and they actually showed it a little bit. I think it was either on a WebEx or, the, like, one of the last episodes. But he's, like, we're, him and I are sitting up on the balcony. And he's a, he, he actually became one of my real good friends. And he's just, like, he's, like, you know, I, I don't know if I'm going to win yet. I just I don't want to count my ducks before the chickens hatch in the basket with them. And I'm, like, what did you say? I stopped and I'm, like. I'm like, have you ever actually heard that saying? He's like, uh, what you mean? I'm like, you're over there saying, I'm going to put my ducks in a row with the baskets because the chickens are clucking, and I don't want them to get over there. And then <laughs> and he just starts laughing because I'm lost, he's lost. We have no idea what he's trying to say. And uh, <laughs> a couple you know, a couple other times, like, <laughs> I think we said something like, uh, man, Bubba, I think you're queer. And he's like, I ain't no queer. I ain't no gay. I ain't got no problem with no gays, but I ain't no gay. And that became that became a quote of the season. Hard to believe FX cut that one out. That's uh. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I think on the 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 real touchy subject, they they went ahead and left them out. <laughs> <laughs> that seems about so. right. But he he's he spoke very well of your impression. Uh, and I, I just have to wonder, you know he celebrated a, a major uh, birthday this weekend, right? Yeah, yeah. I, t- I told him happy birthday. I think he turned 30 or something like that, which I we actually all thought he was older than that. <laughs> so we were <laughs> like, ooh, you're not aging well, bro. Now, if you, and given your impression prowess, uh, how do you think Bubba would have sounded during his 30th birthday? Hmm. I think... I think he would have been pretty much like a, a typical redneck. He'd have been like, "Hey y'all, where's my natural light? I need to get toe up from the flow up." <laughs> Basically, I'm gonna get hammered and do bubba stuff. I'm the menace. <laughs> and that's that's actually one time we call he. <laughs> we always talk like he talks in the third person. We're like, basically, this is Josh and I really. Well, it's like, uh, you want the menace to come down there? You need to pay for the menace to get on an aeroplane. And, and, <laughs> and stuff like that, because before, before Bubba's fight with, uh, I think it was with King, 
the power had gone out at the gym, and they weren't going to allow us to go uh, go cut weight because we they, they, we couldn't, you know. And uh, we were going to go with Bubba this and that because he he had a hard time making weight. And uh, he, <laughs> the producer calls the little phone in there and they're like, "Yeah, we're delaying in another half an hour." He's like, "Y'all go get me to cut weight, or I ain't going to fight." You want me on your show? I ain't gonna do it. Like, <laughs> and, and and Josh and I are sitting there, and then after he makes weight and weighs in, we're like, "You want the minutes on your show? You get me a goddamn sauna." <laughs> <laughs> he does get admittedly cranky during weight cutting time, so I can only imagine that's a really good time to get Bubba isms. Well, the thing with Bubba is, and. and he was, I would say he's probably the biggest guy on the show. Um, you know, he walked around probably roughly 220, something like that. But the whole seven weeks, or not I'd say like five weeks up until um, his last fight, he was walking around maybe like 205. So he was constantly 15, 20 pounds under his normal walk-around weight. And, um, you know, I saw him at the, um, I talked to him a little bit before the finale, before he's going to cut weight. And, uh, he went with John Wood, who actually is now my coach. I don't know if you guys saw him on the show. But um, he went with John Wood and, and cut some weight. And I asked John, like, you know, how'd Bubba do? You know, I know he's kind of a bitch when he cuts weight, whatever. And he said Bubba shut off the pounds like it was nothing. He's like, man, I'm fine. I'm good to go. <laughs> so I think uh, I think the weight cut actually had a big, a big thing to do with Bubba's attitude. Well, I'm saying this right here, right now. If if things don't work out in the fight realm for for the both of you, I would love to make you guys into a buddy cop film. <laughs> well, I'll do. I'm actually open for anything because uh, the UFC actually let me go after that Sweden fight, so I'm kind of on. Un- well, I'm not unemployed, but you know what I mean. <laughs> we we understand that, but uh, so did you leave on good terms with them? How how did that g- process go about? Yeah. Pretty much, uh, Joe Silva said, you know, and I understand his reasoning. He's like, I would not sign a guy who's four and one coming off of a loss. He's like, if you were five and zero oh with like five top level wins and they're like impressive wins, he's like, we we would have you. He said, but I want you to go get about three or four wins at 170 because I'm not, I, I shouldn't compete at that level at 185. I'm just too small, but. Um, he said, "Go get three or four wins." He's like, "And I got a fight ready for you." And it, and it won't—it will not be against a, a D1 wrestler or anything like that. Like no superstar grapplers, because you know his thing was they like. He's like, "We like you, and we like your attitude. You you go out and you you go forward. You're not scared of anyone." So, so I, I think I left on good terms, and uh, I'll be back. And I'm, we're definitely curious what's next. And obviously, you're pretty young. With uh, it sounds like the UFC won't be a problem for you to re-enter. How'd you get started in MMA? Just give us the uh, two-minute version on how it how it started for you. Uh, really, you know, the quick version is um, I started doing kickboxing about seven years ago, uh, and you know, I, I did about 70, 75 amateur fights. You know, including some a little bit of boxing in there, Golden Gloves. Yeah, yeah box, kickboxing and then some boxing, Golden Glove stuff. And uh, and then, you know, like our shows that we have here locally that I fight on just kind of started doing MMA. And I was like, well, that's sure. kind of cool. I'll give it a shot. And I had ne- and I had never wrestled, grappled, anything like that. Um, you know, so I took some MMA fights and actually won in my first, like, six or seven or something like that, a couple submissions as well. And I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and then... 
a little over a year ago, I, I was like, you know, like everybody I had fought, I beat in the first round. And I'm not saying I fought top-level guys, but, you know, I'm fighting guys who are coming there to fight. One guy was uh, out of Kansas City with, like, uh, I think, like, 37 pro fights, something like that, with a little bit better than a 500 record, but still a tough dude. And uh, supposed to be a high-level grappler, and I, did, I stopped him quick. And I was like, all right, well, I need to... I need to step up. I need to do something. So I, don't know, I just kind of fell into it, really. So kickboxing just was good at that, and then whatever. Sure. And I think kickboxing is a good start. Do you train a lot of jiu-jitsu then? Um, yes and no. Uh, I don't do, like, like a D class. Um, you know, I just I really don't feel like – I don't fight in a D, so therefore I don't think it really helps me. I think the, there's a misconception. Everybody says D is going to help your no gi. And I, I just believe it's just because you get more mat time. I don't think it has anything to do with, like, I don't do D chokes. I don't do sweeps where I'm grabbing your belt. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that stuff I don't do. And, uh, you know, I do a lot, a lot, a lot of wrestling. I think, um, you know, I, I work a 40-plus-hour-a-week job back home, you know, along with training three times a day. It's not easy. So I don't really have time to just take jujitsu class after jujitsu class. So my training is geared more towards wrestling, um, and, and it's, it's really actually coming coming along quite well. Yeah, and that's uh, that's interesting. Okay, a lot of wrestling. That's good to know. Well, I also work a forty-hour week, so does Raf. So we understand. Uh, it's not easy to get our podcasting lessons in during the weeknights. Yeah. What's next for you? What's where's the uh, next fight? Right now, I have a fight tentatively set for June fifteenth. Uh, back here in St. Louis with uh, Shamrock uh, FC, which is the promotion that I basically did have had most of my pro fights under. Um, what is Shamrock FC? Uh, it's just a, a local fight promotion that they, uh, it, it's essentially it's like my manager and coach, um, him and a, and a couple buddies, you know, started a, a promotion company and they, they took it to like a professional level now. And really, it's, it's the nicest show that I've been to. You know, I'm not just saying that because I'm on it, but it's probably the nicest show I've been to uh, at this level. I mean, obviously, if you go to, you know, something like an XFC or, an, you know, CFA or RFA or something like that, it's going to be super, super nice, but nothing compared to the UFC. I mean, like I said, that show is just, it's, it's just ridiculous. But um, no, it's supposed to be fighting June 15th. Uh, I'm not sure who yet, but... It's going to be my first time going down to welterweight, so it's going to be it's going to be a test with you know the weight cut and everything like that. So I should very be. cool. Tell us a little bit about your opponent. Um, I don't know. I don't know if he the guy has actually signed the uh, contract or anything yet. I haven't even signed it yet, but um, the guy I don't even know his name to be honest with you. But he is supposed to be kind of a brawler um, with pretty good wrestling. But kind of the uh, the word is that I'll be able to just keep it standing and pick him apart and kind of get get back in my groove of how I fight. Um, you know, I, when I went out to Sweden, I actually started doing a little bit of kickboxing with the guy. You know, it's surprising me I was actually landing stuff uh, easier easier than I thought. So that gave me a whole lot of confidence. But you know, he just he kind of get take down or whatever. So um, I don't know. This fight's gonna get me back to my roots. I think of just what I call Chuck Liddelling people, you know, put them against the cage and just say it like at the end of your punches and just beat the shit out of someone. 
Sure. How much weight do you have to lose to get down to middleweight? Um, I'm about 25 away now, uh, which I usually walk like this. Last for Sweden, I cut four pounds, and I was <laughs> I was 184. So and and John, he looked at me. We got done cutting the weight. We did it in the bath this time, and he's like, "That was a weight cut." I'm like, "Sure was," because <laughs> that morning that morning I was eating you know breakfast, and he he's not used to that, you know. Yeah. So uh, I'm I'm hoping to get down to about 185. Just walking around, uh, probably like the week of weighing, and then kind of slowly meet her down for three days to get down to about 175, 178, somewhere in there, and then just split out the rest. And Rat told me this rumor, and we've got to confirm. Is it also true that while on the Ultimate Fighter, you might have submitted John Jones with a guillotine? Uh, that is not a rumor. That is a fact that is on camera. <laughs> uh, and actually, it's a little story with that. John, yeah, if you go to, like, the web extras on their website, it, I Which think it's all there. Raph does pretty habitually. Um, but, no, John, it, we got done training. I think it was one of our morning practices, and uh, he didn't really spar a lot because he just gotten off that fight with Vitor, and his elbow was still a little, little messed up. But we did grapple a lot, and, um, I mean, you just saw what he did with Chael. He out-wrestled Chael, which was kind of weird. But he, uh, I was taking off my, uh, like, my, my wraps or whatever, and he came up and threw down, like, it, it looked like probably, like, 2500 three grand. and said, let's go, winner takes all. And I'm like, hmm, why not? You know, I don't, I don't have any money. I'm, right. <laughs> I'm not going to give him anything. It's John Jones. So we go out there, and uh, they actually cut it down to where it's only, like, a minute-long clip. But we were going for, like, five, six, seven minutes. And uh, he came in for a, a takedown. And for some reason, just stuck his neck out. And, uh, like, my arm... It was like the stars must have aligned because my hand went perfectly under his neck and I was, and it looked really really slow. But I was like, when I was doing, it, I was like, I was like, holy shit! I was like, I think I got this. And I was like, is he really going? Because I don't want to like, I don't want to get beat up tomorrow. <laughs> like this is gonna suck. <laughs> but he he was trying to get out of it, like trying pretty hard. And I was like, no way, Jose! Like, like you're toast. And uh, then he, he tried rolling me or whatever, and I kept I kept it locked on. And uh, ended up happening and it was pretty cool and then uh, I saw him at the finale so I actually I, I met him at dinner the night after on that, that Sunday and uh, he's like you cut me out on national TV you son of a bitch I'm like well, <laughs> what are you I'm like I didn't put the cameras there I'm like and you shouldn't have been off more than you can shoot pal <laughs> so, but, uh, no, John was, I, yep. I saw a web commenter and this is again you know we try and police the internet uh, but one thing I saw was somebody who said, you know, if you've practiced jiu-jitsu, you know that John Jones let him tap him out. What is your response to that? Uh, you know, I've had a lot of people talk a lot of trash, but, like, why, what is, I mean, yeah, John could let me tap him out, but, I mean, I'm, I'm telling you he didn't. He'll tell you he didn't. I'll, I will admit that I got very lucky um, just due to the fact that I rolled with him a dozen times after that, and it was not fun at all. <laughs> but, um, you know, my, my comment back is just like, you know, I guess a blind squirrel finds a nut every now and again. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, I got lucky, but I got it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I mean, here's my take from it. Uh, when I saw that comment, I just looked at it and I go, well, okay, first of all, who says things like, if you know jujitsu? Yeah. Let's take a moment, everybody. I'm, I'm going to speak how jujitsu works real quick. <laughs> 
Uh, and second of all, if you learned anything about John Jones during that process, it was that homeboy hates losing. Yeah, he, and he doesn't so just hate losing important things. He hates losing everything. Yes, he I'm does. not good at bowling. Oh, I hate losing. <laughs> oh, no, John, he's a sore loser, and uh, I think after the bowling thing, they showed him kind of run off like a little bit, like his hands down, flailing at the ground. He probably did that a dozen times when he lost something. Because <laughs> when I so. saw him do that, everybody, I, I forget, it might have been Kelvin who yelled out, uh, Forrest uh, Griffin alluding to uh, him running out of the cage, and I thought that was hysterical. Yeah. No, that, that's what John does. It's like uh, his little walk of shame. But, uh, no, he, he hates losing, and even when we were just messing around, you know, like sparring and stuff like that, like, if, if something would come in and get close to him, he was like, all right, and he would make sure I knew he was the, the best in the world at, at anything when it comes to MMA, because athletically, he's not athletic. He can't throw a football to save his life, which is weird because his brothers are studs. Yeah, I mean, you know, talk us through a little bit about your interpretation of UFC 159. Uh, we've never really – I heard you talk a little bit about uh, Chael. Uh, can you talk to us a little bit about him and, and what you thought of the fight and the way it all came together? You know, uh, Chael, it's kind of weird. Chael talks his way into fights, obviously, and he's very good at it. And he's a, he's a good fighter. He's not like, it's not like he's a nobody. But um, I actually trained with Chael the Thursday before the finale, and I was, I was watching him. I was like, oh, no, this is not going to be good for him because he's super nice. He, and when I was on the show, he pulled me to the side. And there was no cameras around, no one was around. Um, I mean, he had microphones on. And he's like, you know what? He's like, I just want you to know, he's like, you're going to be good. He's like, you got, he's like, I, I, I've talked to, to John about it, talked to Dana. He's like, you're going to be set in this company for a little bit. He's like, you've got a lot of heart, and we've heard nothing but good things about you. So just keep it up. And, you know, and he didn't need to do that, you know, and he wasn't even my coach. So I was like, that's pretty cool. But as far as the fight itself went, I wish, and I just, I just sent down a message about it and talked to him a little bit. I was like, I didn't, I know you're a good wrestler, but I didn't expect you to go out and out wrestle Chael Sonnen like you did. You know, he went in and shot a couple takedowns instantly. He just so kind of, I, I mean, he manhandled him in every sense of the word. Yeah, yeah. Well, Chael, Chael's a big dude, and I mean, John, like you said, manhandled him. So it was, it was a little surprising. Even sitting back and watching the training with both the guys before I just I was kind of shocked. Yeah, I can. Uh, I, I still wasn't <laughs> when you looked at them side by side. It was just like this does not look like it's going to go well. <laughs> well, no, Chael's a thick dude, and it's kind of funny if you watch the uh, the season. If you just check it out when we had the fight off to get in, and then if you watch the last fight, you know, with um, Dylan and your eye or whatever. Chael actually slimmed up and, like, kind of beefed up and, like, kind of kind of got in shape. He got in shape. I know he worked out with them, everyone, you know, every day when they were there. But um, when I first met him, I was like, damn, dude, I was like, you're an 85er? I'm like, this is my last shot at 85. I'm done with this. <laughs> you guys are huge. So where can people find you now, Adam? Where can uh, they can find you on Twitter, and where can they see you at the next fight? Yeah, you can uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Adam Fella MMA. Um, obviously, just find me on Facebook. Just type in my name, I'll pop up. 
but uh, June fifteenth at River City Casino here in St. Louis um, should be the next fight. You know, I got a, a couple other things in the works. Um, you know, as soon as they become official, like everyone knows. So River City is uh, beautiful too. I'm from Kansas City. I've actually seen oh, yeah. a few fights over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a big show. They just built a new uh, a new venue. Like I think it's gonna hold like 2,500 people, something like that. Um, and it's actually the promotion's 15th anniversary, so they're trying to stack the card with, like I said, I, I fought on it a lot. Um, they're trying to stack the card with guys who kind of brought the show up. And uh, it's kind of cool. The guy who actually got me into the gym, doing kickboxing anything, his name's Mike Green here in St. Louis. He, uh, he's actually going to make his pro debut. He's like close to 40 years old, and he just he really just won't want to. Probably had 60, 70 amateur fights just uh, – and he's going to fight on the card, too, and it's just going to cool because that was always his undercard, and now the roles have been reversed. <laughs> wow. So. That's pretty cool, man. Now, uh, we, we definitely want to thank you for being on the show. We, we've been looking forward to talk to you, especially with the fact that at the very beginning of our interactions, uh, we were making fun of your face. Yeah. Yeah, well, you guys, like I think I said, you guys, there's 10,000 pictures of me looking extremely beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys find the one. You guys, you guys find the one picture where I look like I got caught eating a turd. Like <laughs> there was. Raph and I kept joking about the fact that the whoever was doing the camera work. I don't know how you guys did that. Uh, we called it the Nike cam, but that like close-up cam that's in super HD. Do you know what I'm talking about? The talking head. Cam. Um. Yeah, the talking head cam. You were no, I. Which you one? were leading time at that the entire show. Those just one-on-ones where you guys were just commenting oh. about the show. Oh, the professional thing. Yeah. Yeah, the thing where it makes everybody except for me look bad. <laughs> yeah, they uh, really, it, your eyes, Raph and I were just like, are they messing with the color on this? Like, they're no, like, dude, no, that's, that's all me. You think my mom will do that. But uh, <laughs> it, it's kind of cool. Like, um, no, I, as soon as I saw like, the first one, I was like, Damn, I was like, are my eyes that blue? And <laughs> I was like, I guess, I guess they really are. I went and looked at them. I was like, well, I guess in the right light they, they are. But no, it uh, made me look good. And it, I mean, I can even say the chicks are all, that's, that's probably the most comments they got was like those baby blues, blue, 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 this and that. And I'm like, well, whatever. Like, <laughs> so I think what we're saying is you got a good run because the baby blues got some nice screen time. <laughs> Yes. So yes, that's, we that's shocking. <laughs> we might have found one that we were just like, this is the funniest photo that has like nothing really <laughs> to do with you per se. Like you're, you can tell, you feel shocked by the moment. But Kevin and I are beside yeah. ourselves. Like I sent him this photo and I was like, this is the best photo of Sella by far. Yeah. Well, that photo, like, what well, what it was was I think Bubba had just lost and he was crying and like, I'm. I've never cried after a fight, and I don't understand why. Like, if people cry, I'm not going to make fun of them for crying, whatever you do your thing. But, like, dude, if you go out and you give it 100%, what's the, what are you crying for? You know what I mean? Like, does, does it hurt? Like, do you need your mama to kiss your cheek or something? Like, <laughs> like you go out there, you yeah. just did something that was, like, really, really cool, win or lose. Like, why are you crying? Don't be, you know, yeah, you can be sad you lost, but whatever, man. Like, it's, well, it's cool. look. Adam, I, I, I don't want you to say any more about that because I think we both know what Bubba will do when he hears you talking about that. 
you know, send me a message and be like, that's so cool. You're the greatest. Because <laughs> Bubba, me and, me and Bubba, uh, he, he's kind of like a big brother in a sense because, like, I I got to know him and I, I kind of look up to some of, the, some, of the, some of the crap he's been through. And yeah. I'm not going to say he, he, you know, he's been dealt a shitty hand, but that dude's been dealt a pretty bad hand. Just um, something's happened to him, you know, this and that. And he's he's coming out of a hole, and I think uh, I even said it on the show. He's he's one guy that deserves a contract. He's put in the time and in the gym. Nobody works harder than him. So I think uh, you know. I hopefully Bubble will go far. Um, but yeah, I don't care if he hears whatever I have to say. I'll tell you face. <laughs> of course, yeah, of course. I just like the idea that he says nothing but compliments. He's like, no thing you don't understand about this fella kid. I'll, I'll use my my shitty bubble, which is, huh? The thing you don't understand about Adam is, you know, every, all the girls look at him and they're like, huh, he looks pretty good, but he can fight. <laughs> Verbatim, what he told us. Verbatim. Yeah. Just saying. Well, it's, uh, <laughs> no, it's a compliment coming from him, but, uh, no, I, I pride myself on keeping it real and Bubba cried more than anyone I've ever met, so, He'll, he'll tell you that. He's a crier. <laughs> he's, he's mentioned but. it on here, but no, we, we love that. Now, I do have a request for you. When you fight the next time, okay? Yeah. Uh, just hearing you talk about the fact that you had a video camera on you and that they cut it on the Ultimate Fighter. Uh, Kevin and I have just started a website. If you film something uh, for your yeah. next fight going into it, we will happily put it on our website uncut. Okay, you're talking like a uh, like a like a video blog, whatever video blog, whatever you want to do, something that you think is kind of light, funny, silly. You know, that's kind of our brand. Yeah, yeah. I actually started doing one. Um, I got. I mean, my girlfriend has a, a super nice little GoPro camera, and I got a couple sparring sessions here and there. And then uh, I think I got really busy, and then I forgot about it. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'll do it, and I'll let you guys know what's going on with it for sure. Beautiful. Do that and uh, send it to us. And I mean, it, send us a link first for the ones that you're doing right now. But as you get into fight week, send it to us. And then after you do your fight, you're more than welcome to come on here because we love talking with you and we'd love to hear all about it. Yeah, anytime, man. Awesome, man. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show. All right, thank you. Have a good night, man. See you guys. interview with Adam Sella brought to you by BJJ Finder, the world's premier Brazilian jiu-jitsu gym locator and site collection. You can find places to train anywhere in the United States and around the world, so check it out, BJJ Finder. And welcome back to the part of the show where Raph and I now talk about the guest. Adam Sella, what are your impressions, Raph? Uh, super nice. Uh, always funny. I, I, I like when we can really see more of the fighters' personalities uh, and in a little more context. Sure. And uh, we've, we've heard so many good things about him being a funny guy, and I think he, he proved every one of those things. So completely glad we had him on. Hold on. We had him on the show. And breaking news, Adam Sella just tweeted at 
us and said, just finish a podcast with Verbal Tap Cast. Awesome guys and fun show. Sorry, at Bubba the Menace. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, obviously, he's referring to these stories that he was talking about. Uh, Bubba, and the impressions, probably. Maybe, maybe. But maybe. they're all in good fun. And I think Bubba, you know, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? Is he going to cry about it? As we've determined, maybe. But uh, no, I feel like Bubba's got tougher skin. You'd think fighters would have a little bit, they would be more immune to being mocked just because it's like you voluntarily fight people that are trying to choke you unconscious or knock you out with their fists. So it would seem to me that jokes on their at their expense, it's like, eh, who cares? Oh, they can give a shit what they have, we have to say. Well, like, we're the least of their problems. Oh, good times. No, it was a fun interview. He's, uh, yeah, he is yeah. funny. And it sounds like he's just got a cool, he's got a cool take on the MMA story. It's not, and obviously you love the guys that have just lived and breathed it since they were 10 and they dropped out of things to make it happen as a dream. And Adam Sell is just like, yeah, you know, it's something I just started doing and it works great. Really, I had a friend who just told me to come around, and now I'm, I'm a fighter, I guess. You know, no yeah, someone said the UFC was looking for people for this thing. It was like a show, I guess, and I just walked in. It's like, yep, yeah, yeah. nice. Just imagine either of you or I walking in and <laughs> going, yeah, we'll try out. Let's see what happens. Oh, we're out. That was great. <laughs> yeah. Right. Let's do this. <laughs> When's the uh, podcasting competition? Do we do the public speaking portion of this fight training after or, or during grappling? When's the... Oh, I have to get hit in the face? Well, why? Really? Ooh, how about I just do some jokes? Yeah, <laughs> just getting, hit, getting hit seems so real. Yeah. It is part of the show time. Wow. Getting those words in order. <laughs> I was killing it, and then you questioned my let's bump ring fingers, and now I just got off the rails. Falling apart at the seams, my friend. Some people asked us some questions on Twitter, and we love it when they do that. Yes. Uh, First of all, to ask this one to you, Kevin, if you don't mind. Okay. Okay. Go for it. Uh, This one comes from Stephen Richards. Who asked, do you think there are even any top 205 fighters that Chael Sonnen can actually beat? Apart from fighting those like Wandy or Vitor that are similar, I feel that basically says and seals his chance at ever reaching contention again anywhere. What are your thoughts, Kevin? My response. First, I completely agree with Steven here that staying completely destroys his chance of contention at least if his goal is to win a title he's not going to do it at 205 and i've been racking my brain about other fighters in the 205 and i i'll throw a few fights at you and hopefully steven will let us know on twitter if he agrees or not i think it would be a next great barometer if this is even a weight class that he should think about staying at he should fight the dragon loyoto machida Okay. You've got uh, a skilled ground and pounder. We think that might be able to fight at 205, though we have no proof or evidence of it yet. <laughs> Versus Loyota, who we know is in this in-between phase, really doesn't deserve a title shot, but does need to fight someone. 
Uh, I think Lyoto is about to fight uh, Alexander Gustafsson. Oh, is that the new replacement for the way this keeps getting delayed? Yeah, I think what's going to happen is the winner of that gets the title shot. That's awesome news, because I, I think it's going to be Gustafsson. Uh, it'd be interesting. It'd be really cool to see how that works. Okay, so this plays out perfectly. Gustafsson beats Machida, gets the title shot, opening for them John Jones versus Machida. Or I'm sorry, John Jones versus Gustafsson is Sonnen versus Machida. I could see that fight. I actually think in some way, stylistically, that would be similar to Machida versus um, Dan Henderson. Ryan, Well, Ryan Bader, but sure, sure. Dan Henderson's not a bad comparison either. Yeah, uh, Ryan Bader's just not very good, though. Right. <laughs> Doesn't, he never wins. Well, is my metaphor apt here? Yeah, no, I get uh, what you're saying. I agree. What I'm saying is, I just think stylistically, a guy who's known for his wrestling, hands are meh. Because at least with Hendo, you know he knocks people out. True. So, I think you got that going. Okay, so I guess the short answer is we just came up with three or four people. We'd love to see him fight, but we don't feel – I don't feel like Chael Son and, and feel free to chime in here now. I I'll don't feel like this. he's got a career 205. Um, and we didn't answer this question on, on Twitter because we wanted to answer it on, on the actual podcast. But I thought one thing that's really fascinating about where he is right now uh, for Chael Sonnen is I feel like he's at that moment when Randy Couture lost the title and he was 42. Like, they're just fun fights now. I don't yeah. know that he's necessarily in title contention, even if he still believes he can be. Um, I'm not convinced he, he thinks that yet, but I feel that's the reason he's going to try and stick in there. But for fan purposes, it was just like, who was the person who said, yeah, let's have Randy Couture fight Brock Lesnar? It's just, like, fights that are insane for the sake of saying, well, why not? And I think that's what they're at with Chael. Um, that doesn't make it any less fun. It just may not have the most meaning. Sure. Am I wrong here? No, I think you're right. All right. That does it for Twitter questions we wanted to catch on the air. So people listening, tweet in some questions before shows. Raf is always really good about telling you right when we're about to put one on the air. And it's a really good time to slide those questions in and make it into the show. We love hearing from people. Which is why we also want you to get on Verbal Tap Cast. Let us know the stories you like, you don't like, what you like about them. Comment. Leave us reviews on iTunes. Give us those star reviews. Let us know what's going on so we can ultimately make a better, probably funnier, no proof of funnier product for you as things continue. <laughs> I like the fine print. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'd like a Levitra ad. I like to give people all those <laughs> side effects. It's time for our favorite part of the show, shout-outs. I'm going to start by shouting out to Tyler Wynn and my friend Rachel Marshall because they both tuned me on to, well, Rachel said, hey, you should show this Ryan Gosling thing on the website. It's like, you know what? Yes, we should because he's pretty and he's thinking about MMA in this one particular small YouTube video. And then Tyler Wynn went ahead and uh, posted it up on his site. So we always appreciate the uh, shots back and forth. So thank you to both of them. Thank you to I BJJ. Oh, go ahead. I appreciate your effort to try and say that they're the ones who tuned you on to Ryan Gosling. Yeah, did I you like how I did that? that was that? something. I was... Yeah, yeah. You're trying to put it on them. But 
Let's oh, definitively. You yeah. are Team Gosling because <sighs> they definitely, for whatever reason, favorited our article on him, which I believe is really you in disguise. All I'm saying. <laughs> okay, well, fair, and I do love Gosling, so I'm I'm gonna. Sub I'll give you this round, Raph. Thank you. <laughs> Continue. BJJ MMA Academy, no concept jiu-jitsu out there in Maryland. Thank you to both of them. That does it for me. Uh, I've got a few, so let me burn through these very quickly. Uh, jiu-jitsu Journal and David Figueroa. Very cool uh, website about training jiu-jitsu. This is one guy's experience. Uh just really cool written uh he breaks it down on his website he has different categories of uh different moves that he uh has links to that'll show you like uh different you know guard sweeps and all that sort of stuff i thought it was a really interesting and well done blog so we wanted to shout him out it was very nice and uh and whatever uh also to you judge uh this is a twitter it's called you judge la and uh their basic concept is when judges for UFC events ruin the scores, you can get on this Twitter uh, to get on there and score the card. So it's like a fan scorecard Twitter. And I think they're extending it to like have it during live events so that other people can come in. It creates like a weighted average. I'm not exactly sure myself. We'd love to have them uh, explain it more to us, but it's a crowd judging concept. All right, we can keep going. Yeah, it's cool. Um, you decide. It's, uh... What was the name of the cast again? Uh, their uh, Twitter handle is You Judge LA. You so Judge LA. Very yep. cool. Although, just being from Los Angeles, uh, it sounds like that could be used for anything. <laughs> uh, that's really weird. Uh, but best of luck to them. Who knew Cage Potato? Who knew we are? I've heard of Cage Potato. I read articles on them, that website, all the time. They're great. They're exactly the kind of slacker uh, journalists that we specialize in. Hell so yeah. We, we thank them for uh, being in touch with us. A big, big shout out to August Benassi and to Melissa Benassi, who last week was so, so great in helping us to get Mike Jasper on the show. Uh, it always works out great when you have a friend of a friend say, we want to help out the podcast and we hope you guys know how much that means to us. So to August, Raven, and Melissa, we hope you're having a delightful evening or day if you're listening this is a day. Thank you. Yeah, and so we much. really enjoyed uh, talking to Mike Jasper, so that's really helpful. And hopefully we will have him back in a couple months after he wins. Uh, also to Valley Martial Arts Center. V-Mac! You did not hold anything back on that one, my friend. Uh, we will be at Valley Martial Arts holding a uh, tournament on, I believe it's June 15th. And it's a Saturday in June, June 15th. Uh, it's going to be like a $30 entry. It's for white and blue belts. We're very excited. We'd love to give them publicity. If you are in the area, get in contact with Valley Martial Arts Center. You can check out their website at valleymac.com. Uh, get a nice amount of people coming to come out and participate with that. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Does that do it for your shout-outs? Uh, I'd like to thank Kevin. And God. That oh. will do it for the all of us here at Verbal Tabcast. Visit the website. Download us on iTunes. Just come check us out over on Twitter and talk to us. Big 
thanks to Adam Sella for swinging by the podcast and hanging out with thanks, us for Adam. a few. Tons of fun. And thank you to all of you out there listening. I am Kevin Phillips. Thanks for listening. Have a great night, you guys. Good night and good fight. Thank you.